Now, have you read the uh, article by? Uh, I have. Yeah, I have. And so it, it's uh, it's worth talking about. So where where does this whole business about George Washington converting to the faith? Because we don't hear about it in early texts. We don't see it anywhere in any uh, any kind of Catholic books or anything. So, so or even of that time. So well, where did this all come from? And really, the very first written historical account that makes any reference to Washington's actually, you know, a claim, even makes the claim or tries to relate any of the evidence is from 1900. It's the very first time it appears anywhere. So it's about 101 years after the event. So um, American Catholic Historical Researches, uh, volume 16, 17, uh, they have an article which... Um, I can't remember if, if Dr. Horvath mentions this in her her essay, but anyway, the um, <clears throat> so they have it which says, "quote It has often been the subject of regretful remark among the good people who appreciated the pure and exalted character of Washington that he seemed to make no mention of religion in his last moments and make no preparation for the step into the awful eternity beyond this life." In this connection, the writer recently came across a curious legend current among the, the, note the dated language, by the way, current among the colored people living for the past few generations along the Maryland and Virginia shores of the Potomac adjoining Mount Vernon, that George Washington on his deathbed was baptized a Catholic. Quote, Massa George, they say, was a good man, but he done gone back on what he died, on when he died. And the story they tell as follows, that the night before Washington died during the fierce storm, his colored body servant came riding down to the bank of the Potomac and be, after being ferried across, said he had come in search of a Catholic priest. After some delay, one of the old Jesuit fathers for the mission on the Maryland side was found, taken over to the, to the river to Mount Vernon, where he went at once to Mr. Washington's room and remained there within three hours. When he left, he seemed much gratified and said to those about him that there need be no more apprehension for Mr. Washington as the future of his soul was secure. He was then taken back to the Maryland shore and <clears throat> the old, quote unquote, the old darkies tell with unvarying detail, yet you know, the dated language is 1900, yeah. tell with unvarying detail that the, their fathers believe Washington died a Catholic. In addition, the Jesuit record says that on the day after the visit to Mount Vernon, the old Jesuit went to the superior of the mission and related the fact of his journey, handed the superior a sealed packet, saying, I am not permitted to detail what has transpired between Mr. Washington and myself in his room at Mount Vernon. But I have written it out carefully here, and after we both have passed away, an occasion requires this can be open and its contents made public. The superior took the paper and placed it among the records of the mission, where it remained until shortly after the death of the old Jesuit, when it was boxed up, still unopened, with a lot of other papers, and sent to the headquarters of the order in Rome, where it is still supposed to be awaiting the, unfort the, the fortunate chance that will disclose it to the hand of some appreciative investigator who may throw some light on this very curious historical question, unquote. So that's the account in the 1900 record. And so... It, so it's just kind of like at the starting point. So as the, the record kind of develops, they start adding details to it. So then, so then you know, here it just says an unnamed Jesuit priest. And, of course, omitting the fact that there were no Jesuits at this time. That's the other thing. that Whoever made this up was unaware of the fact that in those years, uh, even if they were formally Jesuits, the Jesuit order had been suppressed by Pope Clement XIV. So they uh, were not, you know, who died several years earlier. Anyway, so we're, we're already up to Pius VI. So there's no chance that this is actually, you know, that they're reflecting things correctly. Really, seem to understand 
that worked at that time. But as it goes on, then they add on Father Neely. And so, and as the kind of identify him as the Jesuit, I believe, unless I'm mistaken, that first happened in the 1952 Denver Catholic Art, uh, Register article, which is kind of the main source that everybody uses for this conversion account. So they, you know, more or less give the same story, but then they, they make it Father Neely, right, who was the provost of, of Georgetown. And this actually is a, a useful thing as it helps us identify and debunk it a little bit. Because um, as the president of Georgetown, um, he, he, you know, he had papers, he had secretaries. I mean, an absence like that, you know, would have been noted and recorded for several days, and especially in December. And it's not even certain that Father Neely was even present in December at Georgetown. He may not have been there at all. So the it's it's because uh, at the time. Um, Bishop Carroll was trying to get him named as a, as a um, what we now call an auxiliary bishop. So that's uh, you know another point that's curious in the legend that doesn't seem to you know this doesn't seem to wash very well. So that very first source I mentioned, the researches from 1900, they conclude their article on it that the alleged visit of the of the Jesuit father is largely improbable. Nothing in Washington's life gives a basis for the belief in its probability, and I do not believe he became a Catholic. And so that's how they kind of they kind of conclude looking over some of that that first evidence.